It's Taste of Country Nights with Evan Paul On Demand, Season 2, Episode 39 with Larry Fleet. Pretty much anything in the construction field, I've kind of done it. Done electrical work. I just think it's fun. And uh, I still drive by these guys and they're out there, you know, running an excavator. And I'm like, golly, man, like. You, you miss it? it? I do. Yeah. yeah, I'm yeah. Like, you got you got it going on, dude. You know, it's but, funny because they're probably coming to your show, going, "You got it going on, man." man. I wish I'd do it. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's, it's, <laughs> hey, it's all this. I tell you, man, we had a really good time in here at Larry Fleet. That's one genuine dude. He started out the uh, interview by playing an acoustic song for us, and uh, we'll, we'll start the interview for you with the ending of that. I'm a Webster definition of. What a lucky man is When I take a look at all things I take for granted When I take a look at all the things that I take for granted Awesome song, man. Well, thanks. Yeah, tell me tell me the story behind that one. Man, I was out in, uh, I think it was in Arkansas or Kansas or somewhere, I don't know. We was out on the road and uh, had some buddies with me. We've been writing some songs. actually. We just had written Man Made a Bar for Morgan. And uh, I was like, well, toss around some ideas. And I was talking about being out on the road all the time. And I said, man, just don't realize the things you take for granted. You know, I got two little kids and wife and new house and stuff. And it's like, you know, you kind of get in a groove and you just lose track of time and take things for granted. And so I said, man, things I take for granted sounds like a good song title. So. Uh, we went in and probably an hour or two later wrote that song. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the first opening few lines hit me like I'm in the same boat. And like, yeah. if there's not a lot of rain and the grass doesn't get green, <laughs> I get pissed. I know. But, yeah. but you don't look at the big picture. Right. It's, it's the little things that, yeah. You know, chucking the pig skin and yeah. tucking the kids in and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, you know, you don't really. Just little things that we, we take for granted. That's a good song, man. Tell Thanks. me the story of uh, something he'd say uh, or what <laughs> inspired that one. Uh, I don't know. I, I had the, the title. Me and a couple buddies got ready to write it and just tossing around. And I, I was kind of going a different route with it. And I wrote it with Josh Thompson and Jake Mitchell. And Josh was like, man, let's, let's kind of write this drinking thing, you know. And I was like, okay. And it was kind of his twist on it. but. The song's about a guy, but he's kind of like split personality. You know what I mean? So you got the drunk him, and then you got the sober him, and the the, the two say two, two totally different things. <laughs> and so you know, and it kind of it's kind of a funny little thing because it, it's putting it off on the girl like it's her fault. Like you should know better than to listen to the drunk me. You know what I mean? Like, gotcha. what are you thinking? So uh, that's kind of where that came about. And when we recorded it, I was like. My producer had no idea that's what it was about. He thought it was two different guys, you know, over the same girl. And I was like, nope, same same dude, just a different drunk version of himself. So. That's good, though. It's, it's There's like appeals of an onion. There's threads to <laughs> exactly. it. There's yeah. a background. I like that. Yeah. Um, congrats on the new album. Are you an album guy? Or, like, can you just drop a single? Or does it have to be an album? Or Well, you know, they kind of, they got all their little stats and their data nowadays. But uh, my record label we put out a few songs here and there, and they're like, man, you're a, what they call an, uh, an album or a body of work artist. And so I guess most people want to hear a full record from me, So, which I like. I, I'd rather do that myself because I can put it to, I put this whole thing together like a set list, you know. So I play a lot of live shows, and that's kind of how I've built my whole thing. So 
that's the way my mind thinks is live show, and I need a full 90 minute set. You ain't getting 90 minutes out of five or six songs. You're right, you know what I mean? right. So, uh, you're going to need quite a few. And 21, actually, uh, that'll get you here a little, little past almost to uh, Chattanooga, riding down the road from Nashville. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a good long road trip album you know that's good i i read a fun fact that they invented the cd at 74 minutes to play like um you know beethoven seven they should reinvent it for hey. you to get it from not to chattanooga we just got some like vinyl records made and we have two and so if you buy it you get in you it's two records because there's so many songs wow makes me happy are you a, <laughs> are you a vinyl guy yeah like I, I am, yeah. what do you have in your collection it's mostly my my parents' old stuff, but um, you know that's kind of the album before this one was called Stack of Records, and that's kind of what it was based on was me growing up. And my mom loved Willie Nelson. Her first concert was Willie Nelson, so she loved Willie, which made me love Willie. And that's kind of I write. I'm inspired by Willie on my songwriting side of things. But uh, so Willie Nelson, Pink Floyd, Quiet Riot, Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, that was like my mom's thing. So like I listened to a lot of that, but then my dad loved Alabama, Keith Whitley, Con- he like Conway Twitty's his favorite. So I was I grew up on all these records, and I would just put it on upstairs at the at the house. They finally got it finished out, you know. So I'd go up there, and they had this uh, record player that was like I don't know three or four foot tall. It's a big one. These foam speakers, the whole front of them were foam. And I remember a mouse got out one time and ate all the foam off of it. Yeah. Dad was pissed, you know, but it was, uh, it was, that's kind of, I would go up there and sit and listen to it and I could actually had a tape player and I could record my own mixtape. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I grew up on a, literally like a stack of records. So it was everything. Have you gotten to meet, I mean, you've been around for a while. Have you gotten to meet any of those idols? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Willie Nelson was one of the first people that took me out. So, uh, we did a lot of stuff with Willie and Allison Krauss. It was, uh, me, of course, first. And then, uh, Allison Krauss and Willie headline. So that was pretty fun. Tell me about it. Give me some Willie stories. Just honestly, man, the nicest man I've ever met. I mean, he is this, the sweetest guy. And uh, he, he uh, come out that first night. So I'm opening for him by myself, no band, no, you know, just me and a guitar. And he, I do my thing and I walk off and there's Willie Nelson. I'm like, oh, God, you know, it's Willie. And so he walks over to me. He said, well, Larry, oh, that was real. That was real nice. I was like, or however he talks, you know. And I was like, yeah, thank you, man. This is this is amazing. He goes, you want to come out and sing some gospel songs with me? What? I was like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. All right. He said, well, I'll see you out there. And he walked off, and I was like, okay, well, I don't know what we're going to sing, you know. Yeah. And, and so I'm, like, asking around, like, hey, uh, is there anybody got a, a set list? Like, what? Any? they're like, no, nope. he'll kind of call it out. You'll be all right. So I went out first night, and I was like, oh, here we go. And luckily, I grew up in a little bit of church, you know what I mean? So I wow. knew some old bluegrassy, you know, gospel stuff. And we did uh, I'll Fly Away and With a Circle Being Broken. And so I'm trying to harmonize with him. And I'm like, okay, this is amazing. And I got pictures of it and everything. Well, the next night, you know, I got a little brave. And I was like, I know these songs. And he would always do like a verse chorus. And then he would go to the next song, verse chorus. So I was like, I'm going to go for it tonight. I'm going to let it rip on With a Circle Being Broken. So. It comes over to the second verse and it goes, Undertaker, Undertaker. And he never does that part. So we're, I'm playing, we're all singing, and then I just went for it. 
Undertaker, Undertaker. And I look at him, and he looks at me like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, God, I've pissed off Willie Nelson. The first, the only guy in the world. To wow. Do, you know? But I look, he looked at me, and he went, and he gave me the nod. And I was, so I let it rip. And then afterwards, he was like, yes, that was, that was awesome. No, and I was like, yeah, shit. We did it. So That's uh, so cool. But from then on, man, he, he liked me. I liked him. And he was just one of the nicest. He's a legend. And he didn't have to be that way. But he treats everybody like family. I love him. Now, are, you, are your parents still with us? Yeah. Now, uh, that's got to be a full circle that <laughs> their son meets oh, Willie. They see me play with Willie. Uh, we ended up going to Jackson, Tennessee. We played at the the baseball field, the Jackson Generals, I think is what it's called out there. And uh, so both of my parents, they got to come out and see that. Wow. And my little boy, Waylon, he's four now. Uh, he was one month old. That was his one-month birthday. He's got to see his old man play with Willie Nelson and Allison Krause. So. That's crazy, man. Yeah. That's got to be a, a memory forever, man. Pretty cool. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like George Strait and Chris Stapleton may have shaped some of your music. Is that is there any influence in that? Uh, yeah, I mean – Honestly, like, I listened to all those guys and, and, like, Stapleton to see him around town and songwriter stuff, you know what I mean? As far as songwriter, and he's just one of the greatest singers we've ever had. And uh, so I really like his stuff. We, we got similar styles, and people bring that up a lot, but we also are different enough because he's, he's got, like, Stapleton-wise, you know, he's got uh, his own kind of thing. He's got a little more rock edge, which I like, too. Uh, but he's got his own little flavor. And that's what I try to do with mine, too. Like, mine is, I sing about my family and my, you know, upbringing and stuff like that. Mine are more storytelling stuff that I live every day. Right. And so that's kind of, that's what I focus in on. But, I mean, Travis Tritt, honestly, you, brought, you know, said, you know, I think you said something about that. Well, Travis Tritt, like, that was a huge influence. And, but honestly, I got into, like, in high school, I listened to, like, Dave Matthews. I listened to, Hootie. And then, you know, me and Darius get to be buddies and stuff. So that's pretty cool. Um, but I've, you know, had a lot of influences. And you, I don't think you realize your influences at the time. You're just like, man, I like this. And the next thing you know, you're, you know, trying to write songs that are kind of based off of what they're doing, you know. Uh, so I don't know. I got influences. I mean, I love all kinds of blues, rock, I mean, rap. You know, uh, I got a song on this new record called Devil Music. It kind of reminds me of being in high school, talking my granny into going and buying me a 3-6 Mafia CD. Yeah. Back in the day, yeah. And I was like, oh, let me get that. Those and, were uh, sweet. I was like, no, it's it's no big deal, nanny. You know, like. Yeah. She's like, okay, I'll buy it. And I get home and dad's like, get that garbage, Devil Music. You know, it's like, wow. get it out of here. And uh, so. Maybe he didn't call it devil music, but I knew what he meant. You know, so, I mean, so was yours a, was three six mafia. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was that yeah. was kind of my devil music, you know, because it had a lot yeah. of cussing and stuff. In yeah, it. it was like, what but, year are we talking here? This is like uh, up in smoke, or when the smoke clears, not up in smoke. Okay. When the smoke clears, yeah, like um, sipping on that scissor. Oh, you know, like chicken about? head or chicken, Project uh, Pat. That was Project Pat. Now, yeah. That was. Man, that was kind of my heyday. I like turned sixteen, got my license. Yeah, sipping on scissor was big. Yeah, I got me two twelves in the back of my little uh, yeah, my little truck. got a little amp, a little JBL, yeah, just, yeah. just banging around town. You know, yeah. it was uh, it was awesome, man. And, and I listened to all that stuff, and then it just a lot of that rap back then still told a story. They had some sort of storyline, which I always, I guess, the songwriter and me kind of liked that too, and had a good beat and. 
I probably wasn't supposed to be listening to it, and that yeah. made me even want to listen to it even more. Yeah, remember? oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Marvin Gaye, you also you list as inspiration. What, oh. What's your Marvin Gaye jam? Oh man, we used to do a lot of Marvin Gaye back in the day, but I mean, some sexual healing. Yeah, you, you know do you ever I mean? play that at shows? Um, not anymore. Back in my bar days, I did, but uh, I, and I don't, I don't get to play a lot of their stuff, but that we did two or three songs because that was. The ones that people knew back in the day. Yeah. You know? I just liked his easy, you know, feel kind of uh, just laid back. I like to ride around with the windows down and listen to laid back kind of music. And a lot of my records are kind of like that. I'm like, would I roll my windows down and ride back or is this? Right, like, right. Yeah, I would. But same thing with like Otis Redden, like Dock of the Bay and all that, you know, good stuff. It's like, it's very easy. You know what Yeah. I mean? Even their stuff, like Hard to Handle and stuff like that, was still cool. Uh-huh. And like the band, you know, with Levon and all them. It's like that kind of stuff makes me, if you can make me feel like I can dance, I can't dance. <laughs> but if I feel like I can, that's a good song. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so that's kind of, I listen to things that make me feel good or whatever I'm going through at the time. Like that's what I want to hear is maybe I wanted to be depressed, you know? Yeah. I'll listen to something like that, you know, whatever. But, Music has a way of helping us out, find emotions, or whatever emotion we're going through kind of help us along through that little journey. Uh, and then uh, 25-8, one of the songs that you didn't write is, is uh, Wishing There Was More Time in the Day. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Well, how would you spend that if, if that existed? Man, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, it would be with the family, you know, doing something. And, again, it's the little things we take for granted, but it's, uh, me and my boy and my I got a little girl named Stella. She's uh, two now. We we literally we go feed deer. You know what I mean? So yeah. We got a bunch of deer in the yard and stuff. So they like to take their little buckets out. And we and it's little things like that or messing with my boy's four wheeler, his little dirt bike or something. You know, we just like we have fun together and we go fishing at the creek. We got a creek right by the house. We go down there and they're a little brim, not, nothing big, but. It's fun for them. They're, you know, two and four, and they can actually catch a fish, you know? Right. And so that's what I, I mean, it wouldn't be doing anything crazy or whatever. I'm not going to go run around in some big city and have a big, like, I'm just going to go to the house and spend <laughs> my time hanging out, cooking, and, you know, doing stuff with the kids. We cut grass as a family. You know what I mean? Like, that's what, we love it. Damn, I love it. Oh, dude, I love that. It yeah, gets my, me fired my, up. I got a know? little four-year-old. She's yeah. got a little mini uh, weed whacker and all that. Yeah. yeah they get into it. Yeah. Don't they love it. Yeah. yeah. Um, how important is it for you to intentionally seek out uh, songs written by other people when putting together a project? Well, it's never been a thing for me. Uh, I write, and I've got hundreds of songs I've written, and a lot of really good ones. But now I'm at a point where... You know, before I got into the Earned It record, okay? So I'm proving myself, and a lot of people don't know who I am. And a lot of people still don't know who I am, but it, it's, we're, we're growing. So when I come out with my first little thing, when I got with my record deal and everything, nobody really knew me. So all your songwriters, they're not going to give me the good songs. They don't know me. I'm oh, flying, yeah. You know? Well, then Stack of Records come out, and we had, I was writing with a lot of great writers. Still do. But the they're not going to pitch me their best songs because they won't you know, the Luke Bryans or whoever to cut it, you know? So like that's, they're not going to give little old Larry fleet, you know, these good songs. Well, now getting to this record, they're like, Hey, this guy's going to sing a good song. So like when 25, eight and things like that, those are 
awesome, just so well written. And I'm a friend of songwriters. I I love songwriters, and I, I want to support them too. But I get to have awesome songs on my record that I wouldn't have thought. I wish I would have written twenty five eight or where there's a Willie, there's a Waylon. Like these little ideas, those are the things I wish I would have wrote. And so that now they're pitching them to me. And so, so the higher up you get in the gonna, totem pole yeah. hierarchy, the better songs you get. You're gonna get quality to you. stuff. And so now I'm finally getting that quality stuff from these awesome songwriters. So I'm gonna record them because they're awesome songs. Yeah, yeah. I just want 21 songs on there. That's like, or you hear a record, you're like, there ain't a bad one on here. Right. There's no filler. I hate filler. Just give me the good stuff. I love it. I yeah. love it. Um, you, uh, one of the people that discovered you kind of is like Jake Owen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he quit drinking notably a while back. Did he influence you to quit drinking? Oh, I beat him to the punch. Okay. Yeah. He, I, I probably inspired him to quit drinking. <laughs> so, yeah. I've been quit drinking now for, I don't know. It's been a couple, couple, two or three years now. So, uh, I mean, that was based on. You know, people ask me, like, well, you know, did you go to rehab? Kind of, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't that for me. I just got to a point where I didn't want my kids are growing up. I was like, I don't want them to see me drunk. Don't want to embarrass myself. And I need to set a good example for other people, too, because in the world we live in, it's like getting drunk and shotgun and beer. You know, just all this whole stuff, it's like glorified. And like, not for me, like, I don't. I look, trust me, I, I did my share of drinking and acting dumb out there. But uh, now, man, I just got a lot more important things like my family and all that stuff. But these, the kids coming up, like we have a lot of kids at my show. So you'll know, see four or five year old up to, you know, 14, 15, 18, whatever, college age. And for me, it's like, look, there's, you know, there's, there's a time and place for everything. I'm, I don't have a problem with drinking. I can be around it all day long. It doesn't bother me. But, I just want to set a good example for my kids, but also for other people's kids. And I've had so many people come up and be like, man, heard that song, you know, daddy don't drink and help me quit drinking or change my life. Or same thing with where I find God. We heard so many life changing type stories. You want those songs because you want to make a difference in what we're doing. And also a different narrative of you don't have to be drunk to have a good time or whatever. Don't get me wrong. I love People drinking beer and having a good time at the show. And there's a, there's a time and place for it. I just, I don't want to glorify it. And so I just kind of wrote a different side of things and it helped me out. I feel great. I don't feel hungover all the time. It's right. I feel good, you know, and I don't know. It's a, uh, for me, it was, it was an easier thing. And it just, one day it kind of clicked and I was like, I think I'm done drinking. Like I have no desire to drink anymore. And so, you know, me and some boys in the band, there's six of us in the band. Half of us, or more than half, don't even drink anymore. We just all kind of quit. But it's, you're not going to go work at Lowe's and show up drunk. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. So like, for us, it's like, hey, this is our career, and this is what we're doing. And people are paying money to come to these shows. I want to give them the best show I can possibly give them. And so by me not drinking is the best way to do that. Because we, we're on. We sound good, you know. We know what we're doing. We know what we say. And like I said, I pay attention to the kids out there with the whole cussing and running around. Like, I just try to keep it cool. We got a good, family-friendly. I love it's, it. It's a sexy show. But, yeah, hey, yeah. look, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's family-friendly. You know? That's good. Yeah. What were some of your blue-collar gigs before you made it here? Oh, man. Well, 
My dad, he still works concrete. That's what he's done his whole life. And and his dad, my granddad, that's what he he retired from it. So, of course, me and my brother, I got a brother that's four years younger than me. We went right into it, you know. So we're doing concrete. But I did asphalt work. Um, I worked at Lowe's for a short stint. <laughs> me and the boss man didn't get along. That's a different story for a different time. But uh, we, we did, you know, paving, ass, uh, um, asphalt paving. Base work was my job. I did a lot of uh, getting parking lots or whatever it was, uh, roads. We'd get it ready for the asphalt. Oh, okay. And then I had to do a lot of the asphalt, too, and I run that shovel. You know what I mean? A uh, little manual labor never hurt nobody, but worked in brickyards. I did heating and air, done plumbing, pretty much anything in the construction field. I've kind of done it, done electrical work. I just think it's fun. and. uh I still drive by these guys and they're out there, you know, running an excavator. And I'm like, golly, man, like you, you miss it? it. I do. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. like, you got, you got it going on, dude. You know? And so that I did all those <laughs> things. And like, it, it's but, funny. Cause they're probably coming to your show going, you got it going on, man. man. I wish I was doing it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, hey, it's all this, you know, people yeah. with long hair want short hair. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, people yeah. with no hair want hair. Yeah, you know what yeah, yeah. like, But it's, it's all, uh, yeah, it, it's, um, but I do. I, I, there's something about doing construction work or any kind of thing like that that you start with nothing and you end up with something. Same thing with writing a song. You know, you start with an idea or nothing and you end up with a song. And like, I, I kind of put those two together. I know they're different, but to me, that's how I think about things. It's how I write songs. It's how I put my like. I yeah. I don't do as manual. Not, you know, the manual labor is kind of out the window a little bit for me now. But man, I work harder than I ever did in a regular job, you know, doing manual labor because I'm always gone. I'm always doing something. And it's like, but I love what I do. Mm-hmm. You know? So it makes it, you know, good for me. I, I don't, but also whatever I'm doing, I'm, you know, it's kind of where earned it come from. Like, I'm going to go a hundred percent. I'm not going to set back and be like, well, if I'd have done this or what, right. no, I'm, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And, and I just kind of go all in on anything I do. And so kind of got me to where I'm at. But, yeah, you put in a lot of time to get where you're at. Um, what do you think about people like uh, the Oliver Anthony guy, uh, who just all of a sudden is is uh, top of the charts? Um, hey. As a songwriter, like what, what do you what do you think about that song? Well, I don't think about it. I ain't, I ain't heard it. I don't know it. Richmond, like, north of Richmond, or something. I see, I see, I've seen the titles because it's all over everything, uh-huh. but. I hadn't went and I got too much of I got grass to cut. Okay. And so like <laughs> I, I went and done it, but good for him. There's, that's the thing. There's enough room in this world for all of us. I don't care. He can do his thing. I'm to do mine. Yeah. We're doing two different things. Yeah. Um, what, what gets aggravating is seeing different people do different things in the, and that's, that's great. But it's whenever everybody else is like, if you're a fan of that, that's the only thing out there. Nothing else matters. Is this one thing? Got but it. You can be a fan of anything and all things. You know, like you can, you can. Me and you could be both be artists, and you can like us both. Right, right, you know right, I mean? right, hey, right. You don't have to pick one. Yeah, you know what I mean. So uh, that's those are the most aggravating things. Just people being mean and negative to people for no reason. Like they have no, there's no stake in the game. You know what I mean? And they're in here like talking trash to everybody. Those are the things that get on my nerves. But as far as with Oliver Anthony guy, like, good for him. I don't care. You know, <laughs> yeah. I really don't care. Like, yeah. go do your thing. And hey, it worked. 
I wish that I was better at the social media stuff that I could blow up and be viral. That'd be awesome. But I don't know enough or care enough about it. And it's like, that takes a lot. I've got a lot more other things to be worried about. And so that, that falls a little bit on the wayside for me. And I wish it didn't. I wish I was better at it. But he's doing great. There's, I mean, like Zach Bryan, I mean, all them boys, like they've, they figured out things and it worked. And my thing is great. People love it. And that's what it, that's what it's all about. That's what music's all about. So, but you you're allowed to like more than one thing, you know. I mean, that's yeah, what I want to tell I people. So I'm you. Like, you can you can you can like Zach Bryan, and you can also like Luke Combs. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. or whatever. Like you can like you can like me. <laughs> hey, I, I hope you do like it. You know, like good. But that that sometimes I'm like, man, I wish people would be a little nicer to one another. Yeah, I see all that stuff going viral online. You know. Oh, yeah, I love the message you bring and, and the positivity. You know, there's not a lot of country shows that you can go to with your family nowadays. I think that's real cool, man. I got them kids at the kids' shirt line coming out, too. It says Young Buck on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, uh, but because a lot of kids are coming to shows, and like, I want a shirt. Yeah. So I was like, we got to get some kids' shirts. There it is. So I'm going to write a kids' record. It's going to um, – but, I, you know, halfway joking, halfway not. But it, it's – like I said, my kids love it. They come out and they sing Young Buck. They sing all these songs and they sing Where I Find God. And they, they see, you know, YouTube and everything with stuff that I've done. And they love that music. And they love to come to my show. And Waylon comes out on the stage towards the end. He'll high five people in the crowd. And people go nuts. They're like, Waylon! You know? And like, he's, he gets pumped up. He loves it. And I, I do too. I think it's, 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 but the kids are there and they're kind of up scattered around. And I look out there. I'm like, man. When I the first time I went out with Willie, I looked out and there was seven year old kids and there's ninety year old women out there. I was like, that fan base right there, that's what you want. Like, you don't want just one little market that might be cool right now. I want these kids whenever they're growing up, whenever I'm old as dirt out there still trying to play some music, these kids that were seven at my show, they're now got kids and they're like, Hey, that guy right there. Yeah. That was my first show I ever seen. And he's still out there kicking, you know? So, like, that's my goal. And when I seen that with Willie, I said, I want the entire, I want all of them. And so now it's been cool because I get out and I do, I see six and seven-year-old kids and, like, this is my first show. And then I'll look and their, their grandparents, their parents will be there, their grandparents. That's awesome. 60, 70, 80 years old. And I'm like, but they love where I find God, best that I got. I'm singing about stuff that they've lived or they're living right now or they're going to live. Mm-hmm. And because I'm, I'm living it. I write about songs and I put out stuff that I'm either have went through or I'm going through right now. And just kind of mostly about where I'm at in my life right now. Yeah. Well, thank you for stopping by, man. We're, yeah, man. we're, uh, we're proud of you, man. Pumped Thanks. for you. See yeah. what's coming up next. Thank you. Well, Hey, we're going to keep grinding it out and see if we can't, you know, do something out here, do something worth doing. <laughs> <you know? laughs> All right. Let's bring in Billy Dukes from behind the camera to talk about this interview here. What you got, Billy? I tell you, Larry Fleet seems like the kind of guy you could just drink beers with, doesn't he? Dude, yeah, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, I didn't really know too much about him coming into it, but leaving, I was like, man, I really like this guy. He's, like, really cool. The way he talks about songwriting, how it's just come so easy to him, I love that. And the most simple concepts for songs turn into these really sort of beautiful ideas. I mean, that's a country songwriting is as its core. It's just simple ideas kind of made a little bit more poetic and sung in an original way. Yeah, and you know, 
I was always trying to figure out why his name sounds so familiar. And I think it's a mix between Larry Flint and Larry the Cable Guy that are in my head that yeah. produced Larry Fleet. You know, I was, I was like, oh, Larry Fleet, I know this guy. And then I'm like, wait, I don't know this guy. Wait, it's not the guy from Hustler. Wait, Larry Flint. Wait, uh, and Larry the Cable Guy. You know, there's just, there's not a lot of Larrys. I'm glad you didn't welcome him with a big old get her done. Get her done. Bought the last hustler. Love it. <laughs> you know, it's funny as I say he, you, he's a guy you could drink beers with, but a, a good part of the interview, you talked to him about how he doesn't drink any longer, and he sort of explained the the pretty natural reasons why he doesn't do that. Does it bother you at all when non-drinkers in country music sing drinking songs? No, not really. I mean, I get it. Just, just because like um, a lot of them are in relationships and they sing breakup songs. I just feel like it's it's just all about the song and the time, you know? Yeah, I guess that's that's true. I mean, there are songs about... Carrie Underwood sings about murder, and it doesn't bum me out that she hasn't actually murdered. <laughs> that someone. we know of. <laughs> right, right. Well, by the way, that would be a story. Uh, the page views but, on Taste of Country that day would be... Right, yeah. <laughs> but I wonder, like... You bring that up. I wonder what happens like mentally with artists like Brantley Gilbert, who, you know, built a lot of their audience on being wild. And, you know, and he even talks about how his crowds are rowdy and drunk, you know, and he's still got to put on that same show and sing those same songs like Bottoms Up and stuff like that. And, he, and he's not drinking. So I, I do kind of wonder. Uh, I don't get mad about it, but I do kind of wonder how that is for the artists. Like, is that tough singing about that? Yeah, and then especially as they age, like how much longer can Luke Bryan sing Country Girl? <laughs> Shake it for me. <laughs> you know, and it's his biggest yeah. song. But like when he's 65. Yeah, the girls that he made. Well, I take that back. When he's 65 and he's, he's playing for 65-year-old women, they would absolutely love it if he played Country Girl Shake for me and, and shook it away. Yeah, little bit. I mean, it brings everyone back to their time. I mean, but there is going to be a time where there there is no gyration available, you know? So it's that'll age itself out, you know? But as long as country's getting introduced to newer people, you know, maybe the gyration will still be there. Don't know if he'll be able to still <laughs> do it by then, though. He, he told a, a pretty good Willie Nelson story. I thought um, about thinking he ticked off Willie Nelson and, and the way he tells that story, like you're right there on the stage with him. Like I could feel that moment of, Oh my gosh, I did something wrong. I just pissed off. Willie yeah, Nelson. I was, yeah. He's the second guy. I don't remember who the other guy, he's the second guy who I think it was Corey something. Uh, yeah, yeah. Corey Kent who mentioned Willie Nelson in, in a way, in a good light. Like it, it really seems like after all these years, like Willie Nelson still takes care of the up and coming generation of country music, doesn't it? Yeah, we flatten Willie Nelson so much into being like this old timer country guy or just the guy who smokes weed, but he clearly still has an appreciation for the younger artist and um, is supportive in some pretty impactful ways. Uh, you know who else we do that for is George Strait. Like George Strait is this guy who's like kind of an enigma. We don't really hear too much about him. And I recently talked to Winona who was sharing stories about, it was just the smallest little story about how George Strait gave her some encouraging advice, but it was like a revelation, you know, just because you never hear George Strait or even Willie Nelson, Nelson in sort of like that mentor capacity. So this reminds me of the 
TikTok or whatever trend that was going around where it was like $500,000 cash or dinner with Jay-Z. And they asked Jay-Z finally which one he would pick. And he said, take the $500 in cash, everything that I would tell you at dinner, you can hear in my music. So I wonder how many people like that are out there in the country world. Okay, so let's pick that apart a little bit. Who is someone that would be worth a $500,000 dinner? Like the advice they could and would give is worth a half a million dollars. This is interesting because you got to think about someone who's successful today in this era. So I think that eliminates your George Straits and your Willie Nelsons because their success came in like the CD. Yeah, you're right. I I think it would have to be like... Luke Bryan, Taylor Swift, uh, oh, yeah. Brad Paisley, Garth, Garth, yeah, Kenny, definitely Kenny. But then, um, like, you look into some of those artists where, like, Kenny doesn't necessarily write a lot of his songs, so you can't get the knowledge that he would give you at dinner by listening to his songs per se. But I feel like he's so much a student of this industry, like. So much of why he's such a big star is just the hustle versus someone like, and I don't mean this as any offense, but Chris Stapleton, like he's got that big voice and he can just sing those songs and he doesn't have to necessarily hustle like Kenny Chesney had to hustle. If you know what I'm, you know what I mean? Okay. Uh, So Chris Stapleton would be an artist necessarily, even though it seems like, you know, his, what's his trick? Just be able to sing like one of the best singers of all time. Well, you know, that's a little limiting. Uh, Carrie Underwood almost in the same boat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's tough because who do you, who do you ask that question to? Do you ask someone that at worked really hard to build their success or someone that just kind of had it dropped on them? Cause then maybe they won't have as much knowledge. What about someone like a Scott Borchetta? who started his own record label and has kind of seen all the different sides of this yeah. town. Like that might be the $500,000, but I think Garth is probably still the best answer. Maybe Dolly, but Garth, I think probably is the best answer. Yeah. I think, question. I think, yeah, I think Dolly will give you like um, a semi peek behind the curtain. Whereas Garth will let you in the whole house. You know, interesting. You mentioned Corey Kent because both Corey Kent and Larry fleet are uh, come from the concrete asphalt in paving world. Ooh. I, got <laughs> I don't know excited. what that says about Willie Nelson, but <laughs> I, I, I got excited when he started talking about how he drives by the job site and go, man, y'all got it made. <laughs> yeah. you. <laughs> listeners can go back and find our, your interview with Corey Kent because you, you really do geek out on some, some pa- some paving. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love paving and anything construction. I don't know why. I, I just get into. It. I've never done any of it, but it it looks cool. I want to have Larry Fleet back in and get him like a, a proper in studio performance. Like we have our board that we run it through, and it sounds pretty good. But like something where we bring in our high, like a, the the high dollar equipment, and pay someone to actually produce a video. I mean, he's he's got the kind of voice. It's it's Stapleton esque in in terms of how it how moving it is. Um, but for whatever reason, he just hasn't found the song to allow him to pop in that sort sort of way. Yeah, and I think he will. I, I think him just writing about songs from the heart, like that. I, I really enjoy the theme of the one he sang. You know about the, uh, you know, being thankful for what you have and not realizing yeah. it. You know, and I think that uh, I think he's got a good shot. You know, I, if anybody, I, I think he's got a great story and he know, he's got a good head on his shoulders. And yeah, a boy can sing. So 
It'll be interesting to see yeah. um, see if it takes off. Yeah, good dude. I'm cheering for him.